I think it's very natural for people to fear social. Uh, I, I've posted a lot of stuff on social and I will have trolls as well. Sometimes they really go the means as well as the distance to leave nasty, very, very <laughs> caustic comments on mm. my threads, mm. even though I generally speaking quite neutral. Uh, mm. right? But you know, you have this kind of incidents. So for me as a trainer and coach, right, I'll always keep a screenshot in a library. I call this the War Scars Library. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. And today we have with us again, Mr. Benjamin Lowe. Welcome back. Thanks, Junus. It's always good to be back at your studio. Thank you. So I wanted to talk today about personal branding. Is it more important than ever before? And why do we have a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn? (laughs) So... Jeff Bezos was actually famously quoted mm. as saying, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Correct. So back in the day, like branding was you know, largely reserved for businesses. But then personal branding has basically essentially become mm. very fundamental and it's essentially how an individual presents to the world. And, and we know that personal branding is actually very helpful from, let's say, from a sales perspective. It actually, mm. it creates like tangible financial results, right? You know, there's like increased sales for entrepreneurs and sales professionals yep. or even for salaried workers just your mm. personal brand mm. helps with your your probability of success for getting the next job Correct. or like the job promotion. Yep. So instead of asking why is personal branding important, the question is, is personal branding overrated? Jonas always goes for the kill, yeah? So <laughs> <laughs> it's is it overrated? Uh, wildly, wildly, wildly subjective. I mean, obviously, it really depends on who you ask because mm. I think every one of us have different operating paradigms as well as perspectives and mindsets of what branding is, mm-hmm. right? So if you speak to someone who thinks that branding is just about your visuals, how you dress, you know, how you speak up in the boardroom, mm-hmm. then they, they see the very superficial or the very demonstrative aspects of branding, then mm. maybe it's overrated, mm. right? But, but my perspective of branding are a few things. I mean, the first premise for me is like self-awareness. Like how well do you know yourself? Mm. Like what are your core values? What drives you? Mm. Um, what are your hot buttons? Uh, which are the environments you know you thrive under? Why would people want to choose you? What's mm-hmm. your what's your choosing criteria, or or what makes you such an excellent player in the field you do? Right. Mm. Um, the second thing after awareness is making sure that you are attractive and relevant. So that's the second part of what I think the branding work that I teach is making sure that you know sometimes you are good, but the perceptions matter. So ideally, making sure that you are on the right places, right methods, having the right messages to communicate and get the kind of like results. And then I think the third thing is the promise that you have to fulfill and honor. And I think irrespective of whether you're entrepreneur, sales professional, or even a corporate employee, mm. uh, we cannot n- deny the fact that there's always an exchange, a value exchange right. for whatever yes. you're being invested to or receiving as a paycheck, you need to perform. Mm. I mean, otherwise, um, what makes us any more different or valuable from any other persons out there on the streets? Yes. So I think that's the promise that we we need to be very, very clear as Mm. to the problems we solve, as well as the success 
and how the success look like. Mm. And then last but not least is the maintenance of it. So I think a lot of times, you know, you, you could have been a one-hit wonder, you could have been stellar on your career, but, you know, are you sort of like upgrading yourself? Are you moving along times? So in my space, for example, as a coach and, and speaker, uh, during COVID, for example, excellent, excellent test. Hmm. Because, you know, those people who are very used to stand up in person, overnight, yeah, we, we couldn't like teach like uh, in, in person. So we had to force ourselves to use Zoom to do virtual teaching. And that was like in early 2020. Yep. And some of my peers or, or contemporary uh, in, in my space, you know, they're not comfortable using Zoom as a teaching tool. Hmm. So they cannot honor the promise. You see, what's our promise? Making sure people come to our classes hmm. or our experiences, they get value, they learned and they enjoy this and they, they refer us. Hmm. But when you do that over Zoom, it's a whole different playbook. Hmm. You have to look at the video camera, you have to sell high, you have to sort of use like, hey, you know, if you agree with me, please like put in one into the chat box, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all Getting are, audience yeah, feedback. Engagement feedback. It takes feedback. different mechanisms. Correct, correct. So with, with COVID, with the whole like, again, advent of technology, AI, if your business has been hit, so mm. the maintainers of the promise or making sure that you are always able to fulfill that promise to your clients or your stakeholders, mm-hmm. is that still being um, worked upon, right? Mm. And even for corporate people, you could be like an IT person or an accountant, legal person. These days, you know, there's legal tech, fintech, accounting tech, whatever tech this is. Mm. The tech really represents either a hindrance or an opportunity, depending on how we see it. Yep. So the opportunity to really be better. So again, pardon my long-winded answer, it will not be overrated if you start to consider that from the very um, holistic aspects of like what branding should be. Hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, if I think back on like various people that I've worked with, sometimes there are people who are excellent in what they do. They have stayed like decades in that company. There's no need for them to market themselves because mm. they're not going to be looking for their next jobs. They Correct. are that essential in their yeah. company. Yeah. Their days are spent solving problems in the company and, and for them, they're Correct. like LinkedIn. Like, why do I need that? I don't need the next Correct. job. Like, you Correct. know, I don't need to put myself out there. Everybody who matters mm. knows mm. my worth. Mm. Mm. But then on the flip side, there are the people who really value their mm. personal branding. Correct. To the extent that it could come across as excessive, it could come across as a lot of like self-promotion. Mm. And I, I think that in general, I think authenticity is important. It is. And it's what differentiates us in the long run. So how far can one push it? Because if we look at LinkedIn, if we look at social media especially, because a lot of personal branding is really, you know, how we present ourselves in the online world for that part. Yep. And a lot of it is actually playing that algorithmic Mm, game. mm. And one of it is frequency of posts. Correct. Uh, The other thing is, you know, virality of posts. So Mm. I think what we've seen work on LinkedIn for better or worse is emotional posts mm, like mm, mm. oh I quit my job today boom yep, yep. goes up yep or, or sort of like uh, I lost my dog or cat it made <laughs> me really frustrated but you know I managed to pull myself off pull an all nighter and deliver on a million dollar deal kind of thing yes the inspirational kind of like spiel mm-hmm. um, but yeah if, if I get you right Junis it's like um, does the authenticity gets diluted with mm. the chase for being effective on a certain platform is that the yes, question yes yeah I think I think yes and no I mean one is that it is a game mm. and if you want to play the game you need to know the game rules mm. I don't think I want to say that this game is not just like specific to LinkedIn mm. even in corporate world right mm. so like for example dressing up is a game mm. meeting a key account if you're a private banker saying the right things is a game knowing who are the key sort of like um champions internal champions in your opposite side of the table is a game mm. so if we recognize that we are all in a series of games <laughs> then what makes the online LinkedIn game 
any that less different. of a game, right? Yes. So that, 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 that's my perspective. Mm. But uh, I think what may be unique in terms of like online digital marketing, and it's important not to lose yourself in that is like, um, there's certain lines that I feel certain people, um, in fact, all of us shouldn't cross or, or sort of like um, cross upon, which is you shouldn't post anything that's um, not factual or not true. Fabricated. Yeah, fabricated. Mm. You mm. shouldn't post anything that's not congruent as well, right? So factual is quite clear. Like for example, if you're not born in Cambodia, you don't say like, hey, you know, I was I grew up poor in Cambodia, right? If if you're just like a Singapore kid, all the all this well, mm. but I think congruence or congruency is a bigger thing for me. Like mm-hmm. for example, if you put out a online persona, like for example, you're very flamboyant, you you show that you know you like to go to fashion festivals, you're always in vogue, and then when people meet you online, then you don't even dress up well. That's very very jalak lah. I think mm. in my opinion, where people start to say, hey, does your offline impressions match your online kind of persona? Mm. I think that's are uh, some of the problems that you have to negotiate. I think authenticity. Last point is really also making sure that uh, you you don't sort of like um go totally off track to what your values and ethos and promises are. Mm. So if you really sort of like, again, just for the sake of chasing the algorithm, I think, you know, you may get success in the short term, but it's not going to be sh- uh, long-lived. Got it. Let's say we discuss different personas, right? One is, let's say, an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur would benefit from personal branding, obviously, mm. from from various dimensions, from a sales perspective, from Correct. an investability perspective, especially yep. when raising funds. There's a lot of um, need there. But then if it's for a corporate worker... What's the value? What's the use case? Yeah, is what's it? the use case there? Mm. I like to think for if I am a corporate uh, person or if I ever you know, go back to corporate world, I think there's always the selfish case mm. as well as the selfless case. Interesting. So the selfish case is that, you know, you need to fend for yourself and mm. uh, recently I, I sort of I came across this like uh, Instagram page of a financial freedom kind of person. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's a lady. Local? But, yeah, local, local mm. one. And then she said like her husband was like uh, in the MNC mm-hmm. and then she was like uh, very shocked when her husband shared with her that one one of the colleagues was like 50 years old mm. um, drawing a very, very high a good position, so breadwinner, all the liabilities, two kids lost the job and couldn't get a same replacement job at even a lower income. Mm. And I think that really is small sample size, but it's an example of like how no one is really that dispensable or indispensable in a corporate world. Yes. Yeah. And I always like to believe, you know, one of the things I, I also heard about is like the best time to look for a job is when you don't need one. Mm. You if you if you start to only like ganjong, you no, know, like when you're about to get eggs and then you start to send out all resumes, mm. you need to realize that um our world works in terms of like value and relationship exchanges. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if I met Junas now and then I don't contact her and then like three years later I say, Hey Junas, you got any lobang for me? Right? She's gonna say, Go away, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's the thing, right? Like mm. a lot of us are very short term, like we we need something, then we get something. Mm. And for the virtue of that, relationships are not built in time, they are built over time. And I, I think, again, for a corporate person, you need to ask yourself, then how do we build relationships? Mm. Lim kopi is one way. Mm. But I think that's where, again, the branding conversation comes in. For a corporate person, impressions matter. Yes. Right? You could be very, very solid doing your work in, let's say, a remote part of Myanmar and then you build up a factory. But who will know, right? The Obviously, your factory workers, your subordinates, your direct boss would know. But it is your responsibility to let people know that you've done something well. Your yep. report card is how. Because, mm. you know, even if you are a stellar worker, you cannot, like, again, siam or avoid how maybe you're not in the good books of your boss. Lah. And mm. then, you know, you lose your job. And then by the time, even you have been a such a stellar factory supervisor, managing ops, doing sales in another country, another locality, who's going to know? Mm. Right? So yep. that awareness building... The, the perception building as well as you know knowing what you stand for and that, that, that again opening up many doors 
i.e. to say that whole like visibility is also a form of relationship you see yes. you're letting juniors who may be like miles away you know oh like Ben is doing a very good job in Myanmar for example right mm. and, and that's your responsibility because if you don't own that nobody will own that for you right nobody is like a beholden to give you an opportunity just because you're a great guy so it's like a limb copy at scale Mm, Lim copy at scale and then also increases the opportunity for people to want to continue to lim the next cup of coffee. Yes. Right? Because again, I like to think that we are also all practical, right? Mm. Like, and if you uh, don't have any presence, you're not attractive, you're not valuable, then you're out of the blue say, hey, Junus, you want to meet up for coffee? And then the uh, first thing you pop up is the iPad. People mm-hmm. get very, very like um, shocked. Mm. And that's the reality for a lot of FAs or FCs that train. Mm. But you know, with social media at least, you know, you have more reasons for people to like and fall in love with you mm. and to believe and endorse you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, right? Because we talked about the, you know, the different personas. The first one is an entrepreneur. The second one is like a salaried worker. Mm. And the third one now I want to talk about is, you know, a group that you work a lot with, which is the financial advisory industry. So how do you coach them to differentiate themselves mm. and to be able to actually provide value to the client because like mm. you said it's mm. actually all about at the, at the end of the day it's all about value exchange mm-hmm. so if I could circle back just now we talked about the selfish goals right there's mm. also the selfless goals mm. and I think that's where people could also look at branding like for example you believe that your experiences will help someone right mm. so that, that allows you so hopping to the conversation of like financial advisors mm-hmm. I think the challenge that not just they face I think in general Asians face a lot is that when we talk about value exchange the premise is that you need to believe that you have value mm. and that's where I think a lot of us are we are not like the Angmos or at least Americans we are very collectivist and you know, there's a lot of like running kind of proverbs like the nail that sticks out is the one that gets hammered down mm. so we are not learned to, to, to show or show off or showcase yeah and, and this the kind of like uh, conditions. So again, there are many, many big problems that financial advisors face depending on their life stage. So if they're starting out, it's really gaining a foothold of you know, how to consult well, mm. uh, gain trust, gain mm-hmm. buy-in. If you're more seasoned and mature, then maybe it's about a scaling conversation of recruiting, hiring people or having people join your team. Yep. But in the areas of the competencies or the, the focus I have is really putting themselves out there, putting their brand. The biggest problem I've tend to see people have is the belief conversation Mm. which is they feel that you know I am exactly similar with the person next to me next to the other advisor in ABC XYZ company so the question often challenge is in what ways would you be daringly different so it could be like for example you may take a stance towards a certain segment group like for example one of the one of the students I coach she has a very very huge belief in terms of helping single parents Mm -hmm. no surprise she is a single parent as well Mm. so I think we all have these different permutations of our starting points, yep. our journey, and what we believe are endpoints. If you put all of them together, you're not exactly like similar. Yes, you'll carry the same products. Yes, you'll be sharing and talking about term plan, endowment plan, ILPs and stuff like mm. that. But at the end of the day, most people who are seasoned in this industry know that they're not just buying the products. Mm. They're buying people. Yep. And we've recognized that we are buying people, then we have the audacity or at least the belief to believe that we are widely diverse and different. And that's where the first step, awareness, diving into your differences, appreciating them, and then also building the faith to communicate that out. So the value conversation, like, do you believe that your journey that you've walked has value? Do you believe that the sacrifices you've made, you know, as, as, as a parent, as a planner, as this, as that, has the value to inspire someone? So yeah. I think that's the premise and seat. 
And I guess with FAs, it's a lot of like trusting that this person is with you in your life. Mm, or for the foreseeable amount of like a years coming ahead. Based on the term of trends or whichever yeah. it is. Mm. And that they can actually see it through, right? Mm, mm. So going back to personal branding, I also think about it in terms of different life stages. You know, the, the younger generation are all quite savvy with Hmm. knowing how to present themselves. Correct. I mean, we already see this in, in education today. Like, yeah. you know, there is a huge emphasis on how to present yourself mm. in a way that is articulate, in a way that gets people to have buy-in. So mm. they are actually familiar with that. But then kind of like going back to that example you said about that that 50-year-old employee who was made laid off mm. and couldn't find a job at mm. the same mm. rate. These group, you know, when I talk to them, a lot of them, they're not so savvy. Do you see that difference as well? I think yes and no. I think yes in that there will be certain marked challenges mm-hmm. for someone of a different era. And I totally am very, very respectful when I'm working with uh, people in the Gen X, uh, the baby boomers as well, because the very effort of them like turning on the video or the camera and pointing to that themselves is so like foreign to them. You see, they grew up in the era whereby just do work and let work speak for itself. Yes. And then now you want me to take wee fees and then you want to write like, you know, like long essays about how good I am or what good I've done. It's so antithesis to the kind of era and the kind of like narratives that they've grown up mm. uh, under. Mm. Um, so I think, again, it's, it's a huge challenge plus video as a increasingly popular kind of format which, you know, they watch videos but to watch videos of themselves or create videos of themselves is unthought of kind of concept. It's a very different ballgame. Correct. It's very easy to consume. Yeah. But content creation is totally something else. Totally, yeah. But on the flip side, I, I like to think that, again, uh, there's certain age uh, irrespective components which is mm. sometimes you just need to give yourself permission so like for example, if you look at like a Madam Ho Ching, with mm. all due respect to her, she is one of the most frequent as well as like um on the ball person on Facebook. Mm. She blocks yep. by the hour sometimes, you know, like in a day, like she's posting like eight, ten dozen kind of posts. Mm-hmm. So again, I think sometimes when you have value and perspective, or at least you think you have, right? There's none stopping you to use the platform to share and shine. Um, so I think it's a very learnable trait. We tend to put certain limitations for which whether real or not uh, on ourselves when we're trying to do that, particularly I think for social media, the branding conversation, right? Um, one, you need to have the value or believe you have the value and then two, you need to use the tools in the right way. So there's a bit of a learning curve and, and mountains to climb. Mm. So some people just cannot will and climb over the mountains and and that becomes a challenge and then that's where age comes in and, and then people accrue and scrap that to age. I've mm. met people in their 20s as well they have privacy issues. Hmm. And they say, hmm, I don't really like to be on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, I like to prefer to live a low-key life. And they say like, hey, but your era is all the TikTok. How come you so low-key? Uh? Mm-hmm. I'm just like that. right? Mm. So I've also seen like Gen Zs who don't really like social media for the mm. nature of it because it makes you feel that you're being looked on and you have a certain stress and pressure to always be sell. on and sell. Yep. Right? So the pressure is definitely indeed real. Mm. Interesting example that you said that with the Gen Z, like the ones who mm. prefer to be anonymous. Correct. So given your role as somebody who advocates personal branding, and of course you you tailor it for mm. you know, people from different industries, different mm. age groups, what was your feedback to, to this individual in particular? I think my, my feedback or my well, quote-unquote kind of suggestion is we all bloom at different paces. Mm. And I think sometimes life has a very, very different plan for all of us. So like, for example, methods. Mm. You you don't have to use social per se. Yep. You could be a very, very good offline person. And I've met like, for example, people who are wildly successful who have almost close to zero digital footprint. 
mm. you can succeed. So I'm not saying that, you know, social media is the only or like the if you do or die kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So that's one one qualifier. I think the second message is find enough reasons for you to slowly take baby steps to discovering and covering yourself because I think it's very natural for people to fear social. Uh, I, I've posted a lot of stuff on social and I will have trolls as well. Sometimes they really go the means as well as the distance to leave nasty, very, very <laughs> caustic comments on mm. my threads, mm. even though I generally speaking quite neutral. Uh, mm. right? But you know, you have this kind of incidents. So for me as a trainer and coach, right, I will always keep a screenshot in a library I call this the War Scars Library. War Scars Library. The All the scars mean I and scathing comments yeah, that you've gotten. Comments. So you I'll like say, screenshot like, it. You see, I've like been here. doing this and this is the worst I gonna before. So mm. I hope that, you know, coming from a space of like having walked there that mm-hmm. says for every sort of scar that you have, there's a nice kind of like experience you're going to be creating. So obviously, you know, for me as an introvert, putting myself out there, for me as a being a serial bully victim for 10 years, mm. I write a lot about my bullying experience, being a loser with in, in school. I've had people who wrote to me and say, hey, thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, I just need to hear that message. Mm. So I think that's again, you know, like do you realise that your journey, your life has value? Mm. Because someone out there, it's, I like to think again, like in, in my world of coaching, we always say that you know we are helping uh, our version of ourselves five ten years ago. Hmm. Yeah. We are helping our version of ourselves five ten years ago. Yeah. So for example, Explain. if I used to be a bully victim, <laughs> mm. used to be very um, inferiority complex. Mm. Uh, now I'm hopefully healed better, develop mm. and progress. Mm. So with all this like kind of realizations and growth. When I market, ah. when I put myself out there, marketing function is mm. put messages about yourself, lah, right? Mm. What you've learned, what you've done. Mm. You you could be helping the old Somebody self. Somebody out there, yeah. Somebody out there who could be experiencing what you did five, yeah. ten years ago, yeah. or struggling with what you were struggling, but mm. they had no resource or answers or direction. Mm. So if you come from that kind of like paradigm, you start to realize that hey, that's one reason for me to put myself out there, and that's yep. the message I share to people, lah. Like again, I I'm never for for one to say you have to use all social media, you have to do it, do it like so. Op- optimize it all at once mm. but first and foremost you need to create the awareness for enough reasons and convictions for you to get started mm. yeah I think it's a very very personalized equation we all see social media our own socials as very very different concepts I, I see some people use it as a PR tool mm. but some people also see them they, they feel wow social media is very personal you know like every word needs to be like as close to them so it's a very very some colorful some people use it as a yeah. blogging tool yeah. I mean LinkedIn sometimes looks like a exactly like right a f- <laughs> Facebook or a- Friendster like exactly. today I had a cup of coffee and correct, correct. these are my thoughts for the morning yeah so that's where the platform savviness comes into play la. like mm. who, who really bothers whether you eat like a Thai fan at like a Hillview Crest or something like that mm. or who really bothers that you know you water your plant at, at like 4am or 4pm mm. kind mm. of thing but ultimately it's knowing how the platform works knowing why branding is the way it's done knowing how value is being transmitted and exchanged then all these little pieces come into play. Mm, mm, interesting. You know, when I when I think about like the Gen Z, I've also met my fair share where some of them they could be excellent, excellent, really viral content online. When you actually meet them in person, they're very shy. shy right? as Social people. skills is like really you you don't yeah. want to talk to them, it's very difficult because you're just like hide away. I know, I know, I know. So, so then do you again offer your expertise as somebody from a personal branding perspective, mm. in-person, in-person branding? Like Most of the people I work with mm. in my space, they do a lot of in-person clients, work, yeah, right? They, they're opposite. Offline, oh, for FAs. Yeah, yeah, FAs. Uh, because offline, they, are, they, are, they thrive offline. Yes. Uh, right? They have to be very, very good 
people people mm. but online is a different kind of skill set mm. whereas the the example you you sort of brought up are gen z influencers online super yes you know they're crazy they could be like sort of like really the the person at the party then you meet them all offline they, you can't even see them in the party extremely shy extremely shy yeah yeah so so it really depends like you know what's your starting point and and what's your journey like mm. but i really met um, gen z's like that as well and I, I just realized that again sometimes age and experience will do wonders mm. right? you just need to overcome the shyness like, like for mm. me it is because of the work that I do I have to be thrown on stage like in this season I'm speaking at a conference I have to have 7,000 people which I need to work the crowd I, I, bopien, right? mm. I need to meet like for example people who are 10-20 years older than me mm. and, and that's the offline training but again I realized that when I was starting out my business if new, nobody knew me online it'll be very very hard for promotion awareness to happen mm. how many cold calls can I make yep. how many sort of CEOs do I have to wait at the office and then you know like get their 5 minutes nobody will care about you right so mm. again it's knowing how the game is being worked the certain game rules that's, that's present mm. and, and really knowing that if you want to play this game there's certain rules that you have to play lah. so mm. So like for example, I share with people that if you want to work in the corporate world, there's what we call as in Chinese called qian mm-hmm. guizhe, right? So there's like a hidden way of code of 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 like work conduct operating. or knowledge, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like for example, uh, there's a, there's a time to be smart, but there's a time to act dumb. Right. You don't want to sort of like outshine your boss, especially if your boss is insecure, so on and so forth, right? So all these kind of things are not taught in school. Mm. But if you gong gong, you don't play the game, then you don't get your promotion, then you can be resentful and upset and and, and prideful at the end of the day, you mm. still wouldn't get that promotion. Mm. So likewise, I think, especially so if you're stepping out there, mm-hmm. I, I feel like personally, I feel you still can get away with a less than flourishing digital presence if you're employed. Mm-hmm. But if you're going out there, you know, to create your own craft, um, self-employed entrepreneurship branding I think is something that people shouldn't neglect yeah it, it then it suddenly becomes more important mm-hmm. and we also talked about the different personas correct, earlier correct. on yeah. kind of going into because we talked about the rules of the game right and like some people they might want a more like prescriptive approach to mm-hmm. how do they actually play the game so let's say if it's you know again going by the three different personas that we talked about. Entrepreneur, like somebody who's driving sales. Uh, the second one is the corporate employee. Yeah. The third one is, let's say, the FAs because mm, that's a group mm, that you're familiar with. Yeah. You work very closely with. Okay, there's, there's certain golden rules that will cut across all three segment crowds. Mm. And I think the golden rules will be obviously nested in the kind of platforms that are invested in. Mm. right? And then the, the platforms that are invested in will then depend on the target audience that they want to go after. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like, you know, if you ask yourself the five W's and one H, lah. Mm. Like, you know, who are you trying to court or get the attention of? What does success look like? What platforms should you be on? And then how should you play the game? Because obviously to play the TikTok game, which is something that I'm not very comfortable or conversant yet, but I have to because of my virtue of my work mm. versus like LinkedIn. Mm. Uh, so in my trainings, like for uh, across like for some socials, I tend to say like, for example, LinkedIn is like a... Okay, let's start with Facebook. Facebook is like community center. <laughs> wow, Junus, you bought your necklace. Uh, very wow, chill. So nice. eh. Where you buy uh, from Thailand? Uh, oh, yeah. chatu chak, uh. <laughs> hey, it's very like, auntie-uncle vibe. You like the long, long, very chong hey, long storytelling. Yeah. That's Facebook. So we it's have where a you post your breakfast. Yeah, post your breakfast. And it is socially, platformly accepted. If there's mm. a word called platformly, right? So <laughs> yeah. so that's that's how people should to, to at least get a, a, a bit of sensing. Then you go to, for example, Instagram is OOTD. It's mm-hmm. like raw. You need to be authentic. Very you need visual. to be rag, like a very real visual. visual. Exactly. Mm. So you cannot discount on the fact that people are very visual animals, guys as well as ladies as mm. well. So like, for example, you need to also use the right filters. Mm. You take photo, cannot like from bottom take up and then you got like double chin unless that's the impression you understand like mm. you want to be a meme account mm. then LinkedIn is what I call like a, a symposium mm. you need to have something smart to say <gasps> you need to like 
smoke something out. So like for example, today, if I'm like looking at the birds, I'll say like, wow, the birds are like gathering. It's such a strength of like union Insert congregation. Insert poetic sentence. Something like that. And then on the more atas level is to link it to who you are, what you promise, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So again, each and every platform, again, to the golden rules, like each and every platform has its playbook mm. and then algorithms change on the on the platform. So yeah, you right. need to read, you need to sort of follow the creators, follow like, for example, on Instagram will be Adam Mosseri. Mm-hmm. So he's the CEO of Instagram. He always said, hey, you know, hey, Instagram, we have new platform, we have new features. If you're invested in platform, you cannot uh, sort of ignore. ignore that you need to follow trends and know what is trending la, and yes. what works mm. so so that's, those are the golden rules I see but I think one golden rule if as a broad blanket will be um, have the patience to discover what works for you and constantly experiment mm. Yeah. so there's two parts patience and experimentation so the experimentation means you know putting content out and testing content so be it what kind what format of content mm, mm. um the time at which you're putting out that content yeah, yeah. um what kind of hashtags you're using when back mm, in the day you know instagram mm, where people have all those crazy well, like tons of hashtags stun, yeah what kind of trends you're writing on Correct. because because like um back then like tiktok they always had like hashtag trends mm, for example mm. and i and instagram is evolving very quickly and very much to be like you know with reels basically everybody's trying to be like a tiktok type thing right youtube shorts um, tiktok instagram reels i'm not sure about threads yet Mm, but then there's mm. a lot of emphasis on vertical format Mm. and i think a lot of that move has also um been towards longer form vertical Mm. format Mm. with clear value that you're adding Mm. which i think that is something that you would ascribe to because mm, like mm. when when TikTok first came to Singapore, there was a lot of this like short form, yeah, dancing short videos, dancing ding, ding, videos, yeah. all this like you know like music, Correct. you know like you dance to a certain songs mm, and and mm. it could be ten seconds, but as long as it captures the audience, yeah. because you know I I mean I recall talking to like the TikTok Singapore office and I like, asking them uh, about how virality works, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And to for you to be viral, it needs to be viral in your home country first, Correct. before they push you out to Southeast Asia, mm, for example, mm, and then mm. they go beyond that. Yep. So yep. you need to fulfill that that kind of criteria. Yeah. It blossoms out like yeah. that. A bit of game rules though. So if you play with a certain platform, you there are certain rules for what they prioritize. Yes. And I, I tell a lot of people say like, wow, why I always changed. Say mm. like you don't use it, you don't pay money to use the platform, you got free awareness, don't complain, right? Mm, so mm. at least use it well. But obviously, uh, as you use it well, then it's it's a competency will compound, you see. Mm. So you and people need to also realize there's psychology in play, there's dopamine hits, like you know, you more people like you feel more shocked, you more feel mm. more validated. Mm. On the flip side, don't get so addicted on that because at the end of the day, you know whether you're influencer or not, you're going to die the same way as well. So, mm. so don't get so hung up over that. But mm-hmm. um, you need to be deadly focused, mm. but yet you need to be very loosely attached. Focus on the execution, but yeah. don't be so attached to the outcome. Correct. Because the focusness comes because there's a price to pay. You see, like marketing means you either spend time or money or both. Mm. And the time that you spend doing marketing, putting yourself in front of videos, long forms, short form, is form and time. Yes. Which could otherwise be channeled to other parts of your business. So yep. if if that's an opportunity cost, you you had better be focused. Mm. But at end of the day as well, you need to realize there's certain factors that's beyond your your control as well, and that's where you need to be loosely attached. And even if you do get famous as well, don't let that get over to your head. Mm. So that's my general belief, lah. Mm. Yeah. And how about people that you know? I've seen people where they they are already on platforms like LinkedIn, for example, mm. and and Facebook maybe, and they and they actually put across really good 
content. I mean, there is this person that is one of my um, contacts and he puts out mm. really good analysis of companies. Yep. But very wordy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it doesn't uh, get a lot of likes. Okay. Versus like a cute picture. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, what's your yeah. what's your advice? Because uh, when I look at it, I was like, wow, this is this is great content. Wasted, right? Like, why it's is wasted. so great content but no, not enough eyeballs? Yes. There's a few things. Like, one, that's the game rules. Mm. And then two, maybe being cute helps. Mm. <laughs> like, like, again, cute photos, you know, like uh, OOTDs still will get their eyeballs because the, the initial to give a, a sort of press a like button is so low, right? So, mm. we, we do what is easy for us to like and being a cute girl, cute guy, you know, you easily get likes. Mm. Something that needs you to spend mental energy, cognitive load to go through. Wow, kikang lah, I don't want to like or I don't want to comment. Mm-hmm. Especially for creators like this, and I can't claim for me to be like, a, again, like what kind of authority I have, right? I think there's a strategy and a strategy. Mm. So there needs to be the eyeball strategy. So mm-hmm. what we call as a top of funnel, mm-hmm. not going to the complications of yep. it. Like top of funnel is really like content that thrives, yep. gain attention, easy to read. Mm. So that's where on LinkedIn, the, like what we discussed, the, yep. the Rex to Riches, the cry mother, cry father story. The one yes. you cannot see them, right? Because you need to have a bit of that because that creates top-line attention. So you're saying that one cannot sell. Everybody should try to do I, a little bit so, of that. I think so. But uh. Uh, obviously, don't cry until right, like you need 10 boxes of tissue kind of cry. Mm. But you need to have that, 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 that level or genre of flavor of content, right. right? So you drive like maybe 100 people in. But you need to realize that the top-line kind of traffic mm-hmm. are not people that immediately can buy from you and will buy for you. Not qualified buyers. Mm-hmm. But if you're very hang out of 100, let's say you have 20 to 30, mm-hmm. you got them, got their attention first. Mm. The problem, I think, with like um, your creator friend is that if he does that only, right, he's preaching to the people who are converted already. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so you're not going to like the platform will not serve something that is very, very specific. Mm. So again, that's where experimentation comes in. Working with a coach doesn't have to be me. Very good. There's many, many good digital marketing trainers who are worth their sort um, in their place. Mm. They'll say that, you know, every content has its place. Yep. Every content plays a very, very specific purpose. Some is to entertain. Some is to pre-sell. Some is to lead them towards, you know, a, a, a buying decision. Mm. So if you appreciate the, the, the role that content plays, I think content is, um, I like to think again, if branding is the goal they want to achieve, Yep. Yep. Content is the fuel that drives this this vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So you you could really have lofty goals. You want to be like branded. Um and, and we think that social media is the vehicle, right? But mm. if you don't put petrol into the tank, it wouldn't move. Mm. And you need to know that, you know, there, there needs to be different types of petrol at different kind of journey mm. that takes you to different kind of like um pit stops along the way. Got it. So I think like we learned a lot, you know, in mm. terms of like personal branding and how yeah. different individuals can actually leverage it to like help them professionally. Correct. For people who want to find out more about, you know, the work you yep. do or they yep. want to consult you for, you know, yeah. certain things, where can they find you? Um, the the same call out or call to action, I'm um, wildly active on Instagram as well as uh, LinkedIn. Mm. So if you search for Benjamin Low LOH Coach, I think you'll be able to see me on Instagram verified. Uh, on LinkedIn, still working towards my LinkedIn top voice, playing mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I have to walk the talk and practice what I preach. Mm. Um, but most of the times, you'll see my rambling, some of my educational, hopefully entertaining content over on those platforms as well. Cool. Yep. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for being Thanks on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yep. Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, 
The Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Skate Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.